outside of the virtual hardwood, it's the MLSC Podcast. This is episode number 453. I am Andrew, Andrew in our forum, and Andrew MLSC on Twitter. I'm joined as always by my co-host Derek. He is DP3 in our forum, and also on Twitter at DP384 and DP3G. Derek, good to be talking to you as always. Go Tar Heels! Yeah, go Tar Heels. Uh, we just finished a session on NCAA Basketball 10 as we did receive a community request actually to revisit that game. And we'll get into that shortly. Uh, but before we do, I wanted to give a shout out to a couple members of our community who had some recent pickups, uh, so some recent additions to their basketball gaming collections. Uh, Juicy Shackmeat one of the strangest usernames anybody could ever come up with, picked up NBA 2K14 for PS4 and NBA 2K10 for PS3. And I know you're super fond of NBA 2K14. Now you're on season five of your my career in that game. You just can't seem to get enough of it. And I've been revisiting NBA 2K10 quite a bit lately and also been uploading highlights at times to Twitter. And I love that game. So those are some excellent pickups for Juicy Shackney. Both excellent games. Uh, I do prefer 2K14 out of the two, but 2K10, uh, a great game in its own right. I think 2K11 certainly took a huge step forward, and then as of 2K13, bringing in the, the rights to Gribbling, really improved upon what they'd done in 2K10, 2K11, 2K12, but no, 2K10, great game. Uh, I need to revisit that one more, actually. Yeah, we'll have to connect on it, because it will work good on your end using Parsec. Kind of like NCAA Basketball 10 just worked excellent for you while we were connected. Uh, another shout-out to uh, Nate Stasho and Roger Ward, uh, the NBA Live 01 legends, as they picked up NBA 2K11 for the PS3, and... NBA 2K7 for the PlayStation 2. And I believe they picked those up at the end of October, but I wanted to give them a shout out for, you know, adding to their collection and picking up some two really great games. I know that there's been a couple videos that have gone up on their YouTube channel uh, from NBA 2K11. I think LeBron with a self alley-oop, uh, a couple other alley-oops between Wade and LeBron, etc. Um, but really good games to add to the collection and they picked them up at a local game store that they love kind of like i have one in my area it's called bull moose in my area uh but it looks like they got nba 2k 11 for 5.99 wow i think NBA, yeah that's great for ps3 uh and it looks like they got nba 2k 7 for like 4.99 so two great deals and this is something we've been stressing to people who've asked about collecting uh, in recent weeks you don't have to spend a lot of money to build collections or, or just to pick up a few favorites here and there. I, I mean, some games are very expensive, as we've talked about before. The rare collectibles, the ones that people are trying to gouge on, like a 2K10 PC at the moment. But no, a, a lot of games are very affordable. Pick up a few favorites and, and yeah, uh, take a trip down memory lane. And think about this. I just got back before recording this podcast, before we had our quick game on NCAA Basketball 10, I just got back from up Maine. Um, I was in Portland, Maine. And we went, me and my girlfriend, we went to an arcade. And I spent $30 to, you know, play games at that arcade. 
you know, for, I would say we were there probably for like an hour, maybe an hour and a half and whatnot. So I spent roughly $30 to do that for that length of entertainment. And they just got NBA 2K11 for $5.99. They own it. They can play it whenever they want. And they're going to get probably hundreds of hours of entertainment out of that. So in my opinion, that's a steal, right? $6 for NBA 2K11 for PS3 is a steal. Well, this is why we had home ports back in the day, why we loved them so much. I mean, I mean, yes, it was, it was special to go to the arcade and play an NBA Jam or a Mortal Kombat or whatever, but being able to play it whenever you want at home, you don't have to worry about sharing the machine with other people. I mean, siblings, of course, but not a, the general public, not having to put quarter after quarter or dollar after dollar as it became in Australia after a while, the gold coins that you had to pay in the arcades to, uh, to play. You don't have to worry about that one-time purchase, Hours and hours of fun, so yay for home ports, quite frankly. Right, and also there was Galaga there, and of course I had to play Galaga. Of course, yeah. I, I don't know how many other uh, how many of our listeners have played that game, but it's absolutely addicting, and it's a game that I actually grew up with. Um, so I played that. Uh, well, there was also Pac-Man there, so we played Pac-Man as well. Yeah, it still doesn't get old going to the arcade. I just want to point that out. I don't know how many arcades you have in your area. I don't know when the last time you went to an arcade was, but they're still really fun, and there's still some really good arcades out there. There's a few around. They're not as plentiful as they used to be. We used to have Time Zone here in Australia was one of the big ones, one of the big chains, and that was always fun to go to. You know, you get the tickets, and just like over there, you know, you can get as many tickets as you want, but you're not going to get the best prizes. You might as well go out and buy them from the store for the amount of money it takes to uh, get enough tickets but no I, I always used to love it back in the day and i have to ask do they have the simpsons game the arcade game from konami or the uh, ninja turtles game unfortunately they didn't have either ah. what they did have was a whole line on the back wall of those basketball games like various different basketball games where you could shoot um oh yes and, mini hoops you know, back yeah. up the points and and whatnot and of course i spent quite a bit of time naturally over there um, but they had, you know, Guitar Hero there. They had Dance Dance Revolution, which we played Guitar Hero, but I didn't do Dance Dance Revolution. God, I haven't done that in forever. Um, uh, they had pinball, air hockey, uh, you know, all of that stuff. The typical arcade games, ra- um, racing games and whatnot. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. But I just I, I'm floored by how cheap a lot of these great basketball video games are like from the past and they're still so you know pick up and play and you can play full seasons on a lot of them and you know some of the modes still work on them you can do roster editing and if you have pc versions you can do modding and all of that stuff it is awesome and i love the fact that nate and roger um have really gotten into collecting this year um they've added so many different games to their collection and they posted a screenshot of it actually on twitter and i'm just i'm pumped for them because they're having a lot of fun you know you mentioned modes still being available uh, i've been talking to kenny lately when we when we played last night uh, i've had a couple of games in wreck uh, and pro-am and he picked up uh he's picked up 2k14 recently as well and really having a blast with it and also 2k18 because uh, that was a game he'd skipped back in the day and he noted that uh as uh, as we talked about before that now that the servers are shut down in 2k18 there's no neighborhood, so half of my career is gone, and the offline my career is basically like my league. You can't even pick uh, from the full array of haircuts. You can't pick facial hair, 
So uh, now that there's more and more stuff going to that online-only content, and it, it just shows how, again, how games are becoming so disposable over the past five or six years. Right, and, and you know, 2K17, my career is still intact, right? Same with 2K16 and whatnot. And it kind of goes back to the question that I asked uh, the community and then the answer I got from one of our community members. And at P-H-I-L-L-E-I-M-2-K stated 2K17 and maybe the question and maybe question if this was the last great 2K or not. In my opinion, gameplay was great, just like all the modes. Uh, I remember Orange Juice and microtransactions weren't dominating online games as much. Plus, we had EuroLeague teams. So, yeah, you know, I do believe that NBA 2K17 is the last great 2K. I think it's the last one that my brothers and I consider elite in the series. Um, I think it's the last one that even you would agree was still fair to the gamer. I think that, you know, they didn't disable my career after, you know, the servers went online. Like it wasn't dependent on all, all on online. Um, you, you know, sure. My team, you weren't able to play later on, but you still could obviously do all your roster editing. Um, on PC, we found a way to do some roster sharing as well. But, you know, your the My League was deep. The gameplay was deep. Uh, the gameplay was fun and exciting and everything. And I really believe that 2K17 was the last great 2K. I'm of the same mind. Uh, I believe that as well. And I think it's one of the last games, probably the last game to have that traditional approach uh, as far as design is concerned, that it is focusing on that old school approach of the best on-court product possible, whereas 2K18, uh, as well as the new tech they brought in, obviously brought in the city, or the neighborhood rather, and it, it, for my career, was clearly going towards that uh, MMORPG approach that has just expanded and exploded since then, to the detriment of my career, I strongly believe, and I'm not alone in that regard. Uh, 2K17's my career, you can no longer assign... Uh, animations you can't change clothes so there are some and, and, and you can't also you can't upgrade badges because that was vc based so there are some limitations you could see they were starting to move towards that and that's unfortunate but a lot of the mode is still there it is still very playable uh, where uh, 2k18 is playable but it is essentially my league uh, with player lock that they've taken away a lot of the the bones that made uh, that made that a career mode, basically. So it, it really was a turning point, 2K18, as we've discussed before. And, and to that end, yes, 2K17, the last great game in the series. You know, my brothers and I have been playing NBA 2K17 for five-plus years now, weekly. We are still playing that game. It is still a blast. We all three play on the same team or we go against each other and whatnot, and the gameplay is just still so fun. It is so balanced it makes sense um i think two things happened when they went to 2k18 that really hurt the series they they changed the motion system not for the better they introduced skating um slow motion side by sides more two-man canned animations um kind of like gumby movement i don't know how else to um to say it you know with the players and whatnot so you you lost control and whatnot so the gameplay took a turn for the worst and then obviously the ultimate in microtransaction pushing and you know 
getting as much money as possible from microtransactions from gamers and whatnot. So they ended up not being fair to the gamers. So those two things, the gameplay and the microtransactions, really took a nosedive with NBA 2K18. And while the gameplay definitely has improved since 2K18, as they've kind of ironed out a few of the issues with this new motion system, uh, the gameplay still isn't on par, in my opinion, with NBA 2K17. There's still a lot of skating. There's still a lot of suction. They're still loaded with two-man canned animations. And it still has that strange player movement, like with changing of direction and all of that stuff. So for me, I would say that just 2K17 is a more fun and balanced basketball video game than anything we've had since. And clearly the philosophy has changed as well. The focus on microtransactions, the pushiness of them. I mean, VC has been there since 2K13. People love to point that out. And yes, in hindsight, there were some red flags in 2K13. As, as much as I love that game, and I do have a retrospective of that game coming up very soon in Wayback Wednesday, actually. Yes, the red flags in hindsight, but it really ramped up starting with 2K18 and the introduction of the neighborhood. It really changed the philosophy to the online scene and, uh, and my career as a single player mode with always online elements. So it really was a turning point, 2K17 being that last uh, throwback in a way to the, that more traditional experience. To the point where I maxed out my player in 2K17, or got to 95 overall. I think you had to play a lot of park to, from memory to uh, upgrade past 95, which is a bad idea. I don't agree with that approach at all, but uh, that, that was one of the downsides of 2K17. Uh, again, in hindsight, I guess a red flag as well. But I maxed out my player to a point that was fun to play with, maxed out the badges, and after a while, managed to amass about two or 300,000 VC just from playing through one full season of that mode, Derek, which I was then able to put into my team. You could not do that anymore. It just would not happen. And what had you playing that game so much? Like, what was it? The gameplay. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It was that gameplay. The, the foot planning is just so much better in NBA 2K17. The ball handling is tighter. It makes more sense. And the defense overall your ability to play defense and everything it, it it was more realistic and it was it felt more sound so like you would not have spent that much time on my career or with nlsc thrill ho you know playing those games with your buddies and whatnot if the gameplay didn't get you exactly. and it got yeah. you so yeah i think that that's the most underrated thing and mike wong said in the gameplay developer blogs that NBA 2K17 was all about skill, like, you know, skill on the sticks and, you know, how you could separate yourself from, you know, somebody else in relation to that. And that's the way it feels. You just you have more control over your player. You have more control over your outcome. There's not as much cheesiness in NBA 2K17. Um, just it just makes a lot more sense on the sticks um so yeah we're still playing nba 2k17 today in fact four out of the last five nights my brother mark has been around so he's been coming over and visiting we've played multiple hours of nba 2k17 each night for four out of the last five nights it doesn't get old it's just a really good basketball video game and it's funny how in all the years since basically in developer blogs and videos and everything else i put out during the previous season they keep talking about this is the year that the school gap matters, right? This, this is something they keep saying. They've been saying that for years, and it's, it hasn't applied to every game. 
2K17, I would agree it did. Uh, as far as gameplay is concerned, I guess looking back, the, the guarded shots are the only things that I really dislike about that game. I right, love the protected, right, the protected that's shots. That's the one, protected shots, yes. Yeah. But the shooting, I love that shot meter, the, the timing of that uh, of shooting in that game. It, it felt very very natural and, uh, and something that you could really master online and offline, which hasn't been the case in, in a lot of games since, or they've tried things with, uh, with shot aiming. Derek, I, I think 2K should just, and this is a Baluba idea, uh, with all due respect, because I do think he has a great mind for game design and, and basketball. I, I think he loves the sport, knows his stuff, and, uh, and does want to make a great game. But he's got to let go of shot aiming. I don't think it's ever really worked. Except maybe 2K17. That one did 2K17 is the only game where it was actually functional, made sense, and you could do it and, like, execute properly. It's, it's what was just crazy. I actually think that NBA 2K17 has the best shooting mechanics in 2K video game history. And my both of my brothers actually agree with that. And remember, we've spent thousands of hours on that game. We actually spent a couple thousand hours on NBA 2K16 as well. And of course, we've been playing 2Ks throughout all the years since they, you know, came out with the original, you know, back in 1999. And then also we played a ton of NBA Fast Break 98. But the shooting mechanics on NBA 2K17, the way the timing works, um, how the shooting motions work. They're not rushed or anything like that. They're very realistic. Um, we love the shooting. And, and how big how big of a part of basketball is shooting? Vital, it's huge. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, Matt, it's vital. Just like ball handling, right? Just like being able to also like stop on a dime and take a quick shot and fun, whatnot. Fundamentals you know, and you're not sliding into yeah. it, et cetera. Yeah, like the basics and fundamentals of basketball. And I think NBA 2K17 is so great because it – captured that of course the games are going to have every game has weaknesses right pick and roll defense on nba 2k17 if you're playing on the lower difficulty levels is so easy to exploit it's not even funny just run pick and rolls the defense is going to get lost and you'll get a dunk when you put it up to hall of fame though and you put it up to superstar and whatnot it's not as easy to exploit but pick-and-roll defense was one of the weaknesses in that game. Another weakness in NBA 2K17, like you stated, was protected shots. That is a weakness. Also, brick wall defense was at times annoying mm, if you yes. played on the higher levels where you would execute a great move and whatnot, and you thought you got by your guy, and somehow his arm barely touches you, and it prevents you from going by him like you just hit a brick wall. And whatnot. So cheap charging I think, fouls too. Yeah. Like that, that also yeah, played. No, in those yeah. cheap fouls. Yeah, charging fouls. But at the end of the day, it, of course it had some weaknesses. It was still a great game of basketball. So yeah, I I love NBA 2K17. I really, I go back and play NBA 2K16 a lot, just like uh, Sticky Fingers has been. And with slider tweaks, I'm having a blast with NBA 2K16. I think 2K15 is excellent for gameplay. You and I have discussed that before. NBA 2K14, you can't say enough good things about the gameplay on that. And what do all of those games have in common? All those games I just mentioned are using that motion system, the same motion system, just with minor tweaks here and there each year. And in fact, if you go and look at the NBA 2K14 PC version and NBA 2K13 and, and whatnot, they have the same qualities that make those other games fun. They have great foot planning. They have great control when it comes to like ball handling and whatnot and breaking your man down with moves. They have loud, fun dunks. They have 
you know, it's fun to play defense in those games, whether it be getting steals like you do on 2K14 with those poke steals and whatnot. Um, it's fun to stuff people at the rim. It's fun to play defense in general. So that older motion system was awesome. And unfortunately, they went away from it with 2K18. I mentioned it in the, the forthcoming retrospective of 2K13 that I saw on, on Reddit a post that opined that the only reason people like 2K13, because it was brought up as a, uh, a game that pe- somebody still liked playing, not surprisingly, and somebody replied to that and said, you only think that because of nostalgia. Go back and play it, and it's terrible. And it's not. It's there are no. It's not. It's <laughs> yeah. a blast. You and I, you and I played the All Star game on it recently. Remember? Not too long ago. And yeah, absolutely. We had a blast. We had a blast on it. And I want to make a point. You know, um, the biggest weakness in NBA Two K thirteen is not being able to block dunks. Yes. Yes. You know, I mentioned you know playing fun to play defense. It's fun to play defense. Otherwise, on that game, um, they <laughs> yeah. fixed the blocking in NBA Two K fourteen. But the, that's the biggest weakness in that game is driving to the hoop is very overpowering. But other than that. That game is a very, very well-made, fun, exciting basketball experience. It, it is. Right? And so, yeah, the, the idea that it doesn't hold up is absurd. It's uh, it's recency bias. I know nostalgia goggles don't always give us 20-20 vision because we can overlook some of the, those rough edges. It smooths, smooths over the rough edges of, uh, of, of the older games for sure. But that doesn't mean that we don't see games for how great they are and that that isn't an accurate uh, picture of those games 2k13 fantastic game holds up extremely well that was just some ridiculous recency bias so and it's the same for 2k17 the standout games over the years hold up very well and they continue to hold up because they were so well made as you said and, and one more point about the the shot aiming because uh, there were a few people after there were complaints about shot aiming in 2k21 that they said oh you know you need the whole get good argument that you know how much i love that derek and you know shout out to kid cash he knows how much i love it as well as i'm sure all our listeners do because it's a a, a bugbear of mine but that, that whole argument that you need to get good and the only reason that people didn't like the shot aiming in 2k21 was that they, they that they weren't good that they weren't willing to master it is fallacious it, it's not a fair criticism People were willing to take, willing to people were willing to try different mechanics and get used to them, but they they didn't like it. And the the other thing about that is people found ways to uh, using that shot aiming to make ridiculous shots from near half court, turn around fadeaways from half court because they mastered it. So it wasn't just a case of oh I'm not good at it. People who were good at it were saying, look how easy it is to do something ridiculous and break the game with this mechanic. It is not a good mechanic. So, uh, and I, I saw some influencers and some people who uh, who've been covering basketball games for a while, pulling out that argument—the whole get good and you just need to master those mechanics. And it's not just a case of mastering those mechanics; it's it's it's, it's those mechanics are bad. You know, I, I bring it up all the time. Live 07 with the three shoot buttons—you can get used to it, but the mechanics in those in that game is awful. And even if the mechanics, if, if the tech in Live 07 was better, the three shoot buttons didn't turn out to be a great idea. For platform games, you know the uh, example I'm going to use, Derek, part versus the Space Mutants. I can play it, I can use those horrible broken controls, but they, compared to a Mario or the other really good platformers of the day, of the of the 8-bit era, 
it's not good. And, and as I've said before, yes, your opinion of a game can be affected by how good you are, and that does come down to a learning curve and whether you're willing to put in the work to, to master those mechanics. But at the same time, mastery mechanics can make you myopic towards their flaws. And when it comes to shot aiming, 2K21 was very flawed. But 2K17, that got it right. It can be done, but I think that's the only way it can be done. I mean, I can absolutely dominate at the beginning of Superman 64 and get through those rings. Ugh, yeah. But that doesn't mean that the mechanic <laughs> is good. Uh, it, the, the flying sucks in that game. It doesn't make any sense. Also, why am I flying through rings with Superman? But anyway, so a couple things uh, really quick. One, it is funny that you use Bugabear because we use Bugaboo in our area. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard anybody say that, but you guys say bugbear, I guess. Um, bugbear, yeah. Well, I mean, pet peeve, bugbear, yeah. Either way, yeah. Yeah. Um, and number two, going back to the skill thing. So remember in NBA 2K18, there was somebody playing in the NBA 2K League. That was the first year of the 2K League, and he scored like 80 points. And That's right, it was yeah. advertised on Twitter and whatnot. When you watch those highlights, it was literally him just abusing the blow-by mechanic. He was just driving in a straight line his defender was put on his side the game just forced his defender on his side and he would just keep going in and scoring over and over and over and over again that's not skill gap that's not him being great at the game that's him abusing a broken mechanic right so there's a big difference between somebody having true success based on their skill and their ability to do something that separates them from somebody else. And then there's somebody who, you know, and then there's somebody who can like abuse a broken mechanic and abuse yeah, the game. The left, right, cheese. Whatnot. you know, that's right. Yeah. The but, left, right, cheese. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Same thing. Right. Same thing. Right. So no, I definitely get what you're saying. The other point I wanted to make really quick about NBA 2K17 is it brought all of the good stuff that came over from NBA 2K16 with it. So, you know, you have that deep my league experience. You can create your arenas. You can create your jerseys. It has all the same stat tracking, all the awards, all of that stuff. It is a super deep my league experience. It has all of those new classic teams that NBA 2K16 added and whatnot. And it has a lot of those strong gameplay features that 2K16 had in it because it's using the same motion system and whatnot. And NBA 2K16 is regarded as one of or the best nba 2k ever made by a lot of people whenever you see threads about which is the best 2k ever and whatnot you'll see a ton of comments in those threads saying nba 2k 16 so um yeah so back to the question yeah i agree i, I think that nba 2k 17 is the last great 2k it's the last game that really put gameplay at the forefront it's the last game that was truly the last basketball game made by 2K that was truly fair to the gamers. Agreed. No, I, I do think it is the last great game, the last in, in the series, the last one that was made with that old school philosophy of, yes, let's give the gamers the best possible uh, gameplay experience. Obviously, they were starting to ramp up the microtransactions by that point. They were It was on the horizon, but... Uh, 2K18 was a tipping point, and 2K17 was, uh, yeah, fantastic game. Before we go on, a reminder that the NLSC podcast comes out every week on the NLSC, mb-live.com, as well as our YouTube channel. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast apps. 
if you're listening on any of those apps, we'd greatly appreciate a review. To keep up with the show and everything we're doing with basketball gaming in general, connect with us on social media. On Twitter and Facebook, we are The NLSC. We also have an Instagram, NLSC Basketball. And on YouTube, we're youtube.com slash NBA Live Series Center. Once again, visit us at nba-live.com, where in addition to the podcast, you'll also find all of our original content, as well as our forum and modding community. But uh, as you said, the other request we had this week from uh, Leader of the Foot Clan at aka underscore Chuck underscore Cross, shout out to you, uh, suggested NCAA Basketball 10, which we, we played. That's a game that I've been able to collect in recent years since uh, I was gifted a PS3 by my uh, by my friend. And man, w- what a game. H- holds up just as well as NBA Live 10. We had a blast. And I messaged you shortly after we started playing it. And I was like, man, this game looks great, doesn't it? And I was like, listen to that presentation. Look at that presentation. Uh, it absolutely, the game pops from a graphic standpoint. Dick Vitale is on the mic and he sounds absolutely amazing. The presentation, the ESPN presentation is top notch. The the crowd sounds, the all of it, it is just an awesome basketball video game. And I was looking at ratings, uh, you know, how it was received at the time and it was getting sevens or eights across the board no matter who the reviewer was and they got favorable ratings great reception how do you not continue forward how do you not move forward i know we've talked about it before but you make ncaa basketball 10 which was an excellent college basketball game which you could have continued to build on you make NBA Live 10, which is well-received, and hey, everybody, NBA Live is back. They're making great basketball games again. And then, boom, you pull the NBA Elite 11 stuff, and then it's all gone. And I know that the NCAA and you know the Ed O'Bannon situation and whatnot stopped them from you know making college basketball games and whatnot. But, man, why do you cancel? Like That, that gameplay is very much similar to NBA Live 10. Why cancel NBA live you know what i mean why do the nba elite 11 thing it's just it's mind-blowing it's so frustrating to go back and and look at what they had and what they threw away for sure and apparently the nba elite 11 stuff they had in the works for a couple of years and they're working on it behind the scenes and i i think they should have scrapped it and realized no this is not the right direction we're on to something with live 10 but full steam ahead and (laughs) crashed into the ground crashed and burned uh, by doing that yeah uh, yeah. As you say, the NCAA situation with Ed O'Bannon, the lawsuit, probably uh, forced their hand as far as moving away from the, the college basketball. Uh, they probably didn't think they could really have the same uh, appeal without the NCAA license, uh, I guess. I mean, that makes sense because, you don't you know, you don't want to have players with just numbers, right? I mean, you and I would have played it like, you know, you know, you didn't want to have like a league full of generated players. Um with just numbers or fake names and if they didn't have any rights to any of the schools then it wouldn't be like the north carolina tar heels it would be like i don't know just some random team name so yeah. they wouldn't be, wouldn't have been able to really continue fictional, forward. fictional schools as well would not have gone down well no right well anyway in this game so andrew and i connected we played on the same team which we just love doing lately playing co-op it's just been a blast uh we use the north carolina tar heels versus the uh, Maryland Terrapins and UNC at home. And 
we played on either the lowest difficulty level or second to lowest. I can't remember. Varsity, just to kind yeah. of play like a quick game. Yeah. And that gameplay is just so fun. It feels like real college basketball. The ball movement is swift and fluid. Um, you can really do fun moves with the dribble because it has the right stick dribbling and whatnot that NBA Live is famous for. Uh, driving to the hoop, big dunks and whatnot. Biggest weakness in that game is alley-oops, just mm-hmm. like in NBA Live 10, where um, you'll throw it and the alley-oop you threw makes sense. And the guy that catches it kind of goes into like a slow motion jump, catches the ball in midair and either misses it or lays it in. So they rarely dunk it on alley-oops. Um, but otherwise, just the gameplay is really fun. We had that one alley-oop that panned out, and that was that was satisfying. <laughs> That's why I messaged you, yeah. Because was... I know I should put that as the top one play yeah. in the top 10 plays of the week just because we completed an alley-oop on NCAA basketball 10. Um, what's crazy about that game is the depth, too. Um, they got the rights to 325, I want to say, of I want like the 353 Division I schools, which is crazy. That is a lot of teams to choose from. You know, it has the tournament mode and whatnot, and – yeah, it's it's a deep college basketball game with deep gameplay. You couldn't ask for more. And what I love about that game and other NCAA games that I've played, the March Madness series from EA and the College Hoop series from 2K, is that it's not just a reskinned version of their NBA game. Obviously, they share tech. There, is, there are similarities in controls and so forth. But they've they've made a point of replicating the college game strategically obviously you have the longest shot clock uh you have that that focus on motion offense that was really big in college at the time obviously the nba has really taken to it as well in subsequent years but that that style of play that was really favored by college at the time they're really captured so it doesn't just feel like oh again a reskinned nba game And, and i don't want to downplay the college mods that have been made in our community but there's only so much you can do with a game that is designed to replicate nba gameplay that is actually designed to be a college basketball game, and it and it shows. Yeah, they um, these are some of the features that they added to it. Uh, users are now able to choose from multiple offenses that include the dribble drive, Princeton flex, and others. Real life RPI ratings and stats from every Division One school are imported into the game every week. Um, The game features the 20 toughest places to play, as voted on by the fans. Uh, The game features more than 100 improvements, including player movement, rebounding, off-ball collisions, alley-oops, yeah, right, size-ups, and more. They have an improved coach feedback system and team tempo control, which enables users to execute their game plan to perfection, um, dynasty mode improvements, etc. So it's funny because they really were going full steam ahead. They made a lot of improvements for NBA NCAA basketball 10 over NCAA basketball 09, and it definitely shows. It We had a really good session. It should be noted that Dynasty Mode, although they made those improvements here and there, it did get a little bit shallower between NCAA March Madness 08 and then NCAA basketball 09 and 10. Uh, that is something I noticed when I went back and I did those retrospectives for way back Wednesday. Uh, I saw some posts, some old posts over on Operation Sports where people were uh, lamenting the the lack of depth, some of those features that had disappeared from uh, Dynasty Mode over those years. And that is 
that also, that's an unfortunate thing that happened with NBA Live as well, that they would introduce these features and then the modes would get, they'd they stop innovating or they'd even get shallower over the years. And we saw what happened with Franchise and Dynasty in the uh, the eighth generation with NBA Live 14 through 19, how it just didn't come back as, as strong as it was even in NBA Live 10. And even NBA Live 10 was missing some Dynasty mode features from early iterations. And, and that is that was a weakness with uh, with EA Sports games, or at least their basketball games, around about the mid-2000s. And even Live 06, of course, Derek, as we've talked about before, pretty good gameplay bones on Xbox 360. That game is still fun to play. Not everyone agrees, but we certainly have a blast with it. But as far as the depth of the, the modes and losing all the historical content... They stopped that attention to detail, and that is something that 2K conversely really went all in on, and, and that's one of the things that made 2K overtake them and become the premier brand. Well, it's funny, you know, NBA Live 19 was missing a lot of depth in, in content in general, and mo and options, etc. That NBA Live 2004 had, exactly. And NBA Live 2000 had. That is wild. Um, and I'll never understand that they took away the ability to use multiple teams in, in a season in like NBA Live 19, but hell, you, you, you could do that in like NBA Live 2000, right? Like, you know, not including like All-Star Weekend in NBA Live 19, but hey, you had it in NBA Live 2005. Like, you know, not including a Legends pool in NBA Live 19, but you had that in NBA Live 2004. People, that's not progress. That's going backwards stagnation and going backwards yeah absolutely yeah you gotta understand and it's not even regression it's literally going backwards so like that's what can be so frustrating from people like andrew and i and so many of you listeners like you know what they had before depth wise live was the king of depth in the basketball gaming it's true yeah you know mode wise legends wise um you know being able to, you know, move players around the depth of their franchise, all of that stuff. Like that's why when NBA Live 19 is released and it's missing all of that stuff that they had like 15, 20 years ago, it's just so disappointing. And you mentioned the presentation. You had both ESPN and CBS, different commentary teams, different wipes, different presentation. How awesome was that? Yeah. How good is Dick Vitale? Yeah. On the mic. He just pumps you up legend right he's a legend he's a legend on the mic and he sounds exactly like he does on real broadcasts in in ncaa basketball 10 and he gets me pumped up and the fans chanting gets me pumped up and just everything about it it's not the best basketball game ever made but it is a damn good basketball college basketball simulation and i'll stand by that and i enjoy it because i wasn't able to play it Back in the day, I, I didn't have a PS3, so I couldn't import. The college games could only be released in North America, so I, I missed out on so many great games. Uh, Coach K, for example, a game that you love, Coach K College Basketball, the uh, NCAA equivalent of NBA Live 96, basically, as we've talked about before. Uh, I've played it with you, and it's been great to, to play all these years later, but missed out back in the day. And it, it's such a novelty to for me to play with college teams and, and even fictional players, like you said, it doesn't appeal to everyone, but for you and I, I think we can really appreciate that. And, and maybe it's because I, I grew up with World League Basketball, which again is a reskinned uh, NCAA game because of the uh, <coughs> lack of international likeness rights. But being able to play with fictional players and just create your own reality, not worrying about, oh, with Live 10, for example, oh, Chris Juwan is, uh, shouldn't be putting up 35 and 10. That's, he shouldn't be playing this way. With some fictional point guard in, uh, in, in a college game, 
you know, this is suddenly a virtual hardwood legend. And yes, Chris Juwan can be a virtual hardwood legend in his own right, but he shouldn't be, really, in the hands of the CPU. So that that is an issue that you face uh, that isn't there, rather, with uh, with NCAA games. So I, I really enjoy playing with fictional players. Obviously, you can edit them, and many custom rosters have been made over the years, and that's uh, important that we're able to do that. But there's a lot of appeal just playing with fictional players that, uh, yeah, I, I hope that more people than us, uh, than just the two of us, appreciate it. Yeah, you know... I come from a time where we had like NCAA basketball for super NES and we made legends out of guys like on Boston college, not a real player, Hinsey, right? He was a center on Boston college and he had like a 53 point rating and you could shoot from like a foot inside half court and bury threes with him. My brother, Mark used him all the time. Um, I had um, a shooting guard named Larson on Georgetown on NCAA basketball for super NES. And he had, I think it was like a 37 on three, but he was always a threat to hit threes and he was good at going to the hoop. And he's a legend because of that game. And yeah, you can make legends out, whether they just have numbers, whether they have names that go along with them. Um, you can make video game legends out of those players. And then, like you said, you're not thinking about the name. You're not thinking about what's unrealistic. Um, you control what's going on on the floor and you're not thinking about that stuff right so you if you want to make a star out of the center this no-name center or the center with a random name um you can make a star out of them or maybe you make a star out of the shooting guard or maybe your power forward automatic like somehow just becomes the star it's just fun in that regard uh shout out to de crispy in the nlsc forums who actually created i want to say a couple college basketball mods over the years that instead of using real college players he was using numbers i want to say or vi- fictional yeah, names yeah that was a great idea because that was based right, on that was a, replicating yeah. the game replicating those college games i mean yes it's great to have those real players e- either in roster updates for those college games or in the roster mods we make for nba games to reskin them but but yeah that, that's such a, a great concept and uh, i love that kind of creativity in modding that it's uh, capturing something that that not everybody would think of you'd think oh yes we need to add those real college players so that we can have the actual college rosters from this year and that's a great idea those are great mods too but yeah i I love the creativity he showed there right with the ed o'bannon situation he um he's not wrong at what he accused um these you know video game companies of doing for example you know you you play coach k college basketball and they didn't have the rights to the players but like the center for umass was number 21 and he was clearly marcus camby Right. Yeah. But I didn't say Marcus Camby, but you were using him. And then like the small forward, I want to say was Lou Rowe and he was number 15, but they just had a player that was number 15 without Lou Rowe's name. Exactly. In it. And, and then, right? the, then the so, classic teams in later March Madness games. Yeah. yeah. And then the classic teams. Right. Exactly. The classic teams where you'd have like Michigan State and it was clearly Magic Johnson. But yeah, then, you know, it, it, like that's <laughs> M- the Mystic thing. Jansen. Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. So like I understand the player's. And, and, you know, at the Ed O'Bannon case, like I get where he is coming from, because basically these companies made a ton of money off of these video games and the players didn't make a cent. Right. But that the players were part of the draw secretly to those games. Absolutely. Um, it was yeah. like an open secret. So, like, I understand where Ed O'Bannon is coming from in that case. And they seem to have settled a lot of those that situation with uh, with college uh, games they're looking to come back with uh, college football uh, either next year or, or the year after and we've talked about it before but i mean with with nba 2k having such a uh, dominance over the nba 
uh, games. I mean, we, we do want to have NBA Live back. We've talked about that many times before. But in the meantime, why not, why not attempt to come back with college basketball? That, that fills a gap in the market that's uh, not currently being filled. Yeah, I mean, and they got to do it right. They can't do what they did with, like, NBA Live 19 with the Rush WNBA implementation. Yes. <laughs> or focus on um, NBA, trying to be NBA Street and NBA Live at the same time. Yeah. Right, right. Like, if they do it, they'd have to come back strong and everything. But, you know, if that game was well-received, and I talked about this on a previous show, if they did come back in the college basketball space first, the game was well-received, there's your gameplay base. Exactly. For NBA game. Exactly. And and so I think that would be an absolutely great idea if they decided to do that. But uh, no, I, I, I want to play more of that game. I, again, it's a game that I haven't played as much of, not being able to uh, have it in my collection until a few years back. And uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed revisiting that with you uh, and playing co-op. And we, we really are enjoying playing co-op these days. Uh, we've, it's also been suggested that uh, we re- revisit uh, and talk about NBA 2K7 next gen. Uh, we'd love to do that. That might That'll be coming up in a uh, future show. And of course, Derek, I can get uh, some very nice footage of that now that I have a new uh, Elgato. Yeah, I love that you ended up getting the HD60, the same one that I have. Like you stated, it does work with USB 2.0. It just, it works great. It is an absolutely great product. I've had my Elgato for five plus years and I've been using it constantly and it's never let me down. I want to point out too, though, one thing that's great about playing co-op with you, and I think you would agree, is just kind of playing those games and kind of mining for highlights. Yeah, yeah. kind of like oh, we, trying we were, to make yeah. some great plays together and whatnot. Maybe we can make a great play to get in the top 10. And Nate Stasho, Live 01 legend, we got on the show a couple times. He um, reached out to me and said that he was having fun playing like NBA Shootout 2001, NBA Live 05, these, the, you know, so past shootout, past live games and whatnot, and just kind of like playing for highlights. You know what I mean? Like loosely playing the game and, you know, trying to, you know, make great plays and whatnot. And I think it just adds an element to the experience, you know, trying to get into the top 10 or, you know, having a YouTube channel that if you do something great, you can, you know, upload it to that channel and share it with people and everything. It's definitely a cool element that we've been able to add to our gaming sessions. Absolutely. And look, as much as I love modes deep modes and getting into a franchise game or or my career obviously is a year five in 2k14 as you uh, as you pointed out playing an exhibition game and just messing around and and trying for highlights just having some fun with games and that's not to say that seasons and everything aren't fun that they're a different kind of fun but that more casual game where if if you lose you're not you don't want to lose but if you do it's no there's no long-term ramifications you still might get some great highlights out of it you might be able to uh, practice some moves that you can then put to use in a game that you will win later on. So I'm all about these fun exhibition games. Yeah, and we're going to have a, a lot more. You know what I mean? Like these these sessions aren't ending. And the cool thing is, is that Parsec has been working so well with me hosting or, you know, and then when you host that we can play almost anything together. Isn't that crazy? It yeah, is. we can go back yeah. and play Jordan versus Bird from 1988. We can play Lakers versus Celtics with me hosting, uh, you know, the the DOS version. Um, we played 2K7, TJ Ford versus Key on Dueling. We played NBA Live 2000 and Live 99 recently, Live 96. It's crazy. Like, we can just basically play anything, and it can be fun. Jam TE, even using the companion app. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, we definitely got to get back on the road trip on Jam on Fire Edition. So thank you to our listeners for suggesting those games to to talk about. Uh, We'd love to hear more suggestions because Derek and I have huge collections. We're always happy to pull out games and revisit them and 
and then discuss them on the podcast. But uh, speaking of listener interaction, Derek, it is time to open up the mailbag. To the mailman. So I asked the community, without cheating, name the top six overall players in NBA Live 2005. You know, last week we did NBA 2K10, so I wanted to bring an NBA Live game forward for the quiz this week. And Andrew, you are the first contestant. So I'm going to ask you, can you name the top six overall players in NBA Live 2005? I mean, I'll try. And the funny thing is, I actually fired up Live 2005 last night before you posted the question uh, to get the screenshot of uh, Ron Artest and Ben Wallace to do the uh, to celebrate the 18th anniversary of Malice in the Palace. Uh, Malice in the Palace. Can you imagine that? 18 years ago. It's uh, that's certainly flying by. Flying by. But uh, I did fire it up, but I wasn't looking at overall ratings. So uh, yeah, I, I haven't cheated or preemptively cheated in this case. So if I get any of them right, it is going to be. Uh, a bit of luck on my part. So the number one overall player is 97 overall. The number two player is 94. Number three is 92. Number four is 90. Number five is 89. And number six is 89. Again, very different to the overall ratings in modern games. Oh, yeah. We're going to get into that in, in a minute. Uh, the amount of low overall players in NBA Live 2005 is staggering. Some of the some of the ratings are almost criminal, um, but I'll let you guess first. So, as I said, I, I didn't look at the overall ratings in 2005, didn't fire up the game to cheat, uh, also avoided looking at other people's responses as much as I could uh, so as to uh, not uh, cheat off someone else's exam paper. But the six I've got uh, that I'm going to guess... Uh, Kobe, KG, Shaq, Iverson, Duncan, and T-Mac. So the only one you got wrong was Iverson. It's actually Paul Pierce. So you're right. KG is 97 overall. Um, Shaq was 92. Kobe, 94. Uh, T-Mac, 90. Duncan, 89. And Pierce, 89. Iverson is actually only 85 overall in NBA Live 2005, which is shocking because he was still like peak Iverson. In fact, he was still averaging 30 points per game at that time. Um, All-star all MVP. All-star MVP that season. Five out, five out of six is not bad. Better than last week. Yeah, no, that, that was definitely really good. Um, before we get to the community's guesses, I, I wanted to talk real briefly about some crazy stuff with NBA Live 2005 overall ratings. So, they are so low on some teams that it's almost unbelievable. The Chicago Bulls, their two highest overall players are Eddie Curry at 67 overall and Kirk Heinrich at 67. Yeah, that's insane. Their highest overall. That. Yeah. Can you imagine that these days? Not even 70. They yeah. don't have one player that's 70 overall, Andrew. Yeah, you, uh, that's that's my player level, starting, that's starting my player level uh, uh, ratings. You just wouldn't see that these days. You wouldn't see anyone, a rotation player, especially in the NBA, under 70 in 2022. Yeah. The Bobcats, their best overall player on the whole team is Emeka Okafor, and he's 70 overall. That's their best player. But some wild stuff. So the Pistons, they, because that game is based off of the 0304 season, right? The Pistons had just won the championship. And their best overall player is Rashid Wallace at 81 overall. And then Ben Wallace is only 77 
Rip is 73, Billups is 71 overall, and Tayshawn Prince is 65. Crazy. Yeah. That team was that team just won the championship. It's crazy stuff, Andrew. That actually explains something about the uh, the team overall ratings in uh, Live 2005. When I was making uh, the roster updates towards the end there for 2005 through to 08, I'd start in 08 and work backwards. And obviously, the ratings were much higher starting from uh, NBA Live 08. Um, and as I converted backwards, I guess I ended up with much more, uh, many more players who were rated higher overall when I finally converted back to 2005. And it's just made all the team overall ratings 99 overall in uh, in those roster updates, uh, which people would ask about. And I'd say, look, don't worry about it. It's just cosmetic, basically. And it was. They'd still perform the way they're supposed to in gameplay and simulation. But, but that explains that explains why it's 99 overall, because I guess those team overall ratings were designed for those hilariously low overalls in the default rosters. Yeah. Um, as long as, like, if the players are performing well on the court and they're fun to use and they're performing, like, mostly like their real-life counterparts, that's fine. Yeah. Right? But I'm going to have to revisit the Bulls and the Bobcats on that game and to see if they're effective at all because there's something crazy about those low overall ratings. I also want to point out a couple other ones. Um, Steve Nash is 75 overall in that game. Ginobili is 74. Amari Stoudemire is 76. LeBron is 83, which makes sense because it's based off of his rookie season and then he's going into his sophomore season. Mm -hmm. Same with Melo's low rating. The cover athlete only has an 80 overall, Andrew. So again, Camelo imagine that these days is yeah. 80. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last piece that I think would be good to know is seventh best overall in the game is Baron Davis at 88, which is tied with Vince Carter at 88. Then it's Ray Allen at 86 overall. And then there's a bunch of players tied with 85 overall Dirk, Jason Kidd, Stefan Marbury, Steve Francis and Allen Iverson, and then we have Jermaine O'Neal at 84 overall. Just just so different, such, such a different time. And, and at the lower end of the scale, I, I believe there's a couple, uh, jo- uh, Joel Prisbilla and possibly Jason Collier, in the 30s and 40s overall. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that I'm going to have to revisit NBA Live 2005 and have a few games. Maybe you and I can connect on it. Definitely. And yeah. whatnot. Maybe we'll do Bulls versus Bobcats and see if we can get over 100 points or something. <laughs> yeah. um, but I just want to see how those teams play. Um, I want to see if they're still fun to use and, and whatnot. But, but that is so crazy that, that not even that the top rated player on a team is not even at least 70 overall. Again, so, such a different time. That uh... By the way, if that ever happened now at the height of social media and everything, that that team the ownership of that team might reach out to like nba 2k and be like take us out of the game <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna have us in the game because now our players are pissed off so i i want to see the uh the the twitter interaction between uh clay thompson and ronnie 2k if that ever happens if, if he ever drops to like 65 overall if clay thompson is upset because he had an over an over 80 overall rating imagine if he was like under 70 oh yeah 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 <laughs> So we're going to tip off the guesses with uh, the NBA Live 2001 Legends. Uh, first up, we have Roger uh, says Kobe, AI, KG, Shaq, Dirk, and Vince. And there are some correct answers there and uh, pretty solid guesses otherwise. Well, I mean, that's more than acceptable as guesses because that makes sense, right? Um, Dirk, again, historically in video games, lower rated than he should be, probably based off of his you know, athleticism and what they, you know, 
the whole myth around his defensive capabilities and whatnot. And then, you know, they guessed Iverson and Iverson was still one of the faces of the NBA at the time. And he wasn't going downhill at that point. He was still averaging 30 a game and, you know, one of the best players in the league Uh, and whatnot. He looked like an MVP on any given night. So I think those are great guesses. Um, I think Vince Carter, you know, he was just outside the top six, you know, this is, an amazing Vince Carter. He was amazing towards the end of his Raptors tenure. And then, you know, when he was first with the Nets and like, Oh, five Oh six and whatnot, he was just an amazing player. So those are good guesses. And of course the, the live 2004 cover player who moved on the very next season after appearing on the cover, which uh, pretty much all the 2004 cover players did, as we mentioned on a previous show, uh, strange trivia there. But uh, next up is Nate, uh, Kobe 97, KG 94, Shaq 92, Duncan 90, T-Mac 89, and Carter 89. Hashtag no cheat. Hashtag snitches get stitches. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hard, it's hard to say that, you know, T-Mac is better than Vince Carter. Like, I, I think, it, like, at that time, I, I think it makes sense to try to say, hey, they could both be rated 89 overall. You know what I mean? Because it depended back then on who you talked to. Right. Who, who, who you would, who would say, you know, which one is better and whatnot. So I think those are all, you know, from Nate and Roger, both good guesses. Next up is Teddy Bear the Gamer says LeBron, Kobe, Garnett, McGrady, and Vince Carter. And I think LeBron was the, uh, the red herring, I guess, of this time around. It, it, the, the misleading option. Uh, we, we forget, you know, he's been around for 20 seasons and came into the league and was, you know, pretty good <laughs> from the moment he got into the league. But uh, but not quite in that top tier uh, as of his uh, sophomore season. Yeah, kind of like little rascal Mike um, with his NBA 2K10 guesses of Rose and Durant. Mm. Um, I think that uh, Teddy Bear the Gamer was just a little early. A couple of years too early, with, yeah. With yeah. LeBron, right, yeah. Because it's still, that game's based off of his rookie season, so he's going into his sophomore season. In fact, I'm almost even surprised that he's three better overall than Carmelo Anthony the cover athlete in that game. I almost would have thought they would be maybe the same overall because remember Carmelo Anthony could have been rookie of the year. He actually led that Denver Nuggets team to the playoffs in his rookie year and LeBron missed the playoffs. Um, I think that LeBron being the more athletic player with and being a better passer and whatnot Definitely. probably elevated his ratings a little bit higher than Melo. But I wouldn't have been shocked if I had opened up NBA Live 2005 and saw them basically the same overall. I mean, those are the kinds of politics we've seen before, have we not, with overall ratings, that maybe somebody gets their, their ratings fudged a bit so they can be higher as the cover player and not uh, not look and look a bit better in the process. Right. Well, I mean, good for EA Sports to, you know, still, you know, kind of like stick to their guns there and like still make an 80 overall because he was an excellent player and he was a really good rookie, but you can't put him on the tier of like Allen Iverson and whatnot, right? Agreed. Or Dirk, you can't put him 85-90 overall at that point. Next up, we have Gilbert's Grape, guesses KG, Kobe, Shaq, McGrady, and Iverson. I- Iverson, again, being that uh, the-, the other one that-, that people are inclined to guess, myself included. Yeah, I'm happy to hear so many people guessing T-Mac because that just makes sense, right? I mean, he was averaging roughly 30 points per game just a year or so before with the Orlando Magic. And he was, you know, Kobe had said, I think around that time, that T-Mac could do everything that he could do you know, when T-Mac was right and everything. So if Kobe's giving you that type of praise and whatnot, you're, you're a pretty damn good player. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see so many people mentioning T-Mac. And, and not to, uh, 
and not to go off on too much of a tangent here, but but it is a shame. It is a shame that uh, that he did suffer those injuries, and uh, because because he was fantastic for a couple of years there. Again, again, uh, the the fact that he was uh, mentioned in the same breath as Kobe and battling him for the scoring championship, it's uh, it is a shame that injuries took their toll. Yeah, uh, it's it's tough. I, like Penny, uh, Grant Hill, Rose, T Mac, Rose. Yeah, go down the list. Ralph Sampson. Of course, we talked yeah. about that. Ralph Sampson. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of players who had their careers cut short um, and never even truly were able to like experience their prime. You know what I mean? And it's too bad. Bernard King, you know, kind of, Might sort of. Yeah, he had a, he he kind of came back really strong for a couple know. of years there. Uh, yeah, 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 a couple of years and whatnot. Next up, we have Knowledge Bone, uh, KG, Kobe, Shaq, T Mac, Duncan, Pierce. Yeah, that's he got him. Got him. Yeah, he got them all. Yeah, so that's that's very well done. Next up is King J Mace. By the way, King J Mace gave me a sneak peek of the uh, the jerseys that are going to be used in the uh, is it the ESL that he's running? Yeah, the the Elite Street League. Yeah. Yes, that they look, they look awesome. streams all the jerseys. time. Don't they yeah. look great? Yeah, yeah, they look they look amazing. And uh, Shua Joda actually made a cyber face for me to be on that team. You know, with my hat backwards and whatnot. No, I don't play with my hat backwards in real life, but. Uh, people kind of associate me with that now because I've posted so many pictures of me with my hat backwards. So that version of me is actually on the NLSE Elite Street League team. I don't know what he's going to do for your face. I'll have to ask him or you could ask him, but maybe um, he could like do a created player that do- does you justice or you could send him a picture. But uh, yeah, I think those jerseys came out great. Yeah, I have. Uh, I need to get a good picture that would be uh, Cyberface worthy to uh, to do that or, or just send along the uh, the cap uh combination either or but oh um, yeah you could do that too you could do that yeah you could like create them in your game like do the parameters and then send over those parameters yeah that's right absolutely need to get terry hansen in there just want to put that out there but uh yeah i can can send along those as well because uh it's uh terry hansen obviously being on the bench at the moment because of his injury so it'd be nice to see him uh in action in the street league and uh shout out to also to uh is it kai mods who uh who made that uh, jersey i believe yeah that makes sense Yeah. yeah i think that's who it is yeah so shout out to him but uh, King J Mace uh, guest Kobe, Shaq, Bron, Mello, and Iverson, and uh, Mello, of course, being the cover player, kind of comes to mind, and uh, LeBron as well. But uh, a couple of years too early on those guys. I think King J Mace realized after he made that guess that it wasn't based on oh four oh five, that it was based off of their rookie years, um, and he realized that those guesses probably didn't make much sense. You know, putting LeBron and Mello in there, um, and I think that's like a common mistake that people can make because it's called nba live 2005 absolutely right? yeah but it's it's still based on 0304 next up we have Thregan murray says i don't think i can get the order 100 percent, but my guess is and this is one down to six kg Shaq, kobe tim duncan dirk and lebron so another vote for lebron there uh, again sort of uh, uh mind drawn to that but too early funny how so many people say dirk right because they know. They know how great Dirk was. I mean, he was an MVP in 06, 07. Um, and then, you know, they made the finals in 2006. Uh, and the Mavericks were a Western Conference powerhouse for part of those early 2000s as well. And Dirk was the leader of that team. So, yeah, Dirk, I think, got the, um, got the shaft a little bit when it comes to his overall ratings and games. Uh, Frosty Bias says, not sure on the order, but we'll guess Shaq, Duncan, Garnett, McGrady, Bryant, and Dirk. So some correct answers there as well. 
and he says he had that game yep. back in the day. Yeah, and uh, Life 2005, Life 2005 again is is probably a game we could dedicate an episode to as well, or certainly part of part thereof because that that was a fantastic game and still is. Yeah, well, let's make it a goal to revisit it before we record the next show. Agreed. Next up, we have T. Johnson says Iverson, Vince Carter, Duncan, Kobe, T. Mac. And Arenas, one, uh, vote for Gilbert Arenas, who was definitely becoming it, a, a star at that time. He wasn't even over, I, I, he's not even 80 overall. Yeah. And NBA Live 2005, because he hadn't hit, because again, it's based off of 0304. He hadn't had his huge scoring season where he averaged like 29 points per game and whatnot. He hadn't, he hadn't reached his peak yet. He wasn't looked at as a superstar yet. So I think you're just a little bit early with Arenas. And finally, we have. Avery Semp says uh, Kobe, Shaq, Mello, AI, and Vince Carter. Yeah, the AI one is going to be shocking to some people who listen to this, that he's only 85 overall. And, and because, to, to rank him below yeah. Baron Davis as well, even at that time. I mean, I don't think Baron Davis at any point was, you could argue that, I don't think at any point you could argue that he was superior to Wyberson. It's also hard to say that Baron Davis is in any way a better athlete than Iverson. He was a better dunker than Iverson. Stronger, but maybe, just because yeah. you're a better dunker doesn't mean that your speed is better. Like Iverson was faster up and down the floor. He was a blur up and down the floor, even at that time, because he hadn't like he was in his prime in you know NBA Live 2005, and he wasn't quicker than Iverson either. So it's you can't really give Baron Davis the athletic advantage over Iverson. You can't really give Baron Davis the floor vision advantage over Iverson. Um, if you even take a look at their assist numbers and whatnot. So I'm not sure what the logic is behind making Baron Davis better than Allen Iverson live 2005 at that point. Not saying that Baron Davis is in any way not deserving of a high overall because I love Baron Davis as a player. So, but I, I'm also a big fan of Iverson. I just remember that Allen Iverson missed a lot of the 2004 season. So that might have dropped his ratings a little bit. Who knows? It's possible, but usually they don't do that. Yeah, they usually don't like drop a player, For like a, especially a yeah. star, an anomaly like right. that. Yeah, absolutely. Unless they've come back and they've clearly lost a step. But again, yeah, it's it's the off season, two thousand four, so it, it really shouldn't have happened yet. But roster makers are infallible, whether whether they're in the community or working for the development team. We we know this very well. Agreed, one hundred percent. But uh, thank you for all of those responses. Uh, really enjoying the quizzes, Derek. Yeah, I'm going to bring another one for next week. I, I think that the community really gets into it. It's also kind of like a learning session in a way because, and I'm learning from it because I didn't remember who the top six play, best overall players were in NBA Live 2005. So, and and I didn't remember that there was nobody 70 overall on the Chicago Bulls. I'd forgotten that too, yeah. That game. So like, it's also great for me. I think it's also great for you because we learned some stuff that maybe we've forgotten or didn't know before. And then I think it's also great for the community. So yeah, I'll definitely bring another, um, you know, another one of those for the next show. Well, that's why I like doing Wayback Wednesday. It's an excuse to dust off old games and, and to play them again. And, and you find these details that, uh, that you'd forgotten or you'd perhaps remembered slightly incorrectly or whatever. But but no, I, I love doing it. And uh, yes, we are going to continue to revisit uh, games uh, from our, our vast collections we will talk about 2K23 at times when there is some uh, relevant news. But right now, Derek, you and I, as we've discussed on previous shows, just loving dusting off these old games, playing them solo, playing them with you, playing them with your brothers, uh, playing them together on Parsec. And uh, yeah, it's not going to end anytime soon. Yeah, and I'm going to continue to add to my collection too. I have, you know, over 100 basketball video games 
I want to say at this point, because I don't collect it for one console. I've, if there's a game made for like two or three consoles, I'll try to collect the game for each one. Definitely. Right. So I, I, my, my basketball collection is absolutely gaming collection is absolutely massive, but I'm still going to be picking up new titles, including kids sports basketball. Oh, so there, there you go. I mean, the fun's never going to win then. Well, maybe up to five oh minutes, but still. No, I'm going to lose my job because of kids sports basketball. Just, uh, yeah. I'm going to be so tired from all my nightly sessions. Yeah, I, I tell a lie. The, uh, the the shortest call length is two minutes, so it's going to be at least eight minutes before you uh, shut that off. <laughs> so the fun is not going to end anytime soon. Uh, unfortunately, the, the show must. We have reached the end of this week's show. Uh, as always, we thank you for tuning in. We invite you to join us each and every week, either on the NLSC, mb-live.com, our YouTube channel, or your podcast app of choice. In the meantime, please connect with us on social media. That's where you can get in touch with us and, of course, stay up to date with all of our content. So, Derek, as always, go ahead and plug those handles. Absolutely. I also wanted to say thank you to the community for, you know, all of the support related to our content, whether it be, you know, the podcast, the, the top 10, uh, the, you know, comments on the gameplay videos, the, the Twitter comments, it, like everything that you guys and every, every interaction that you guys give us is motivation. And we really appreciate you and, and whatnot. So um, you can reach me on Twitter at D for 384 and at D for 3G. I'm also on the NLSC D for 3 and on YouTube D for 3. And of course, I'd like to echo those uh, those comments. Thank you very much for your continued support of the podcast and uh, all of our other original content. I am Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. The NLSC is on Twitter and Facebook at the NLSC. Our Instagram is NLSC Basketball. Our YouTube is youtube.com slash Center. And keep it locked to the NLSC itself, mb-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. So... Thank you once again for tuning in, and until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone. <laughs>